When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained. I am your host, Brandon Fam. This is the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. And uh, today, it's just going to be me, right? This is an episode dedicated to the fans about me uh it is a new segment of the show that i want to introduce uh every couple months i think it's be the appropriate time and it is called the soapbox all right so what is the soapbox dedicated to my unchained development uh status Right. So the when when I started this podcast about five, five years ago, man, it's almost that it was the the beginning of a theory of let's do something about the industry. It's on this trajectory and um, it doesn't seem to be stopping, whereas the workers of the industry um anywhere even including leads and under are in this perpetual cycle of crunching and uh endless endless uh chase of the next job right and uh didn't seem like it was improving and the industry jobs felt like it was getting smaller and smaller so the choices got more and more limited. Uh, this is, again, just thinking back what the beginning of the podcast and what the climate was with the game industry. And there were only, a, you know, a few selected mecca cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Austin, Texas, Seattle, um, that were concentrated game development areas uh, for people to kind of settle in. And that came with the, 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 the problems of commuting, right? But these are mega cities basically. So uh, these areas that are concentrated are pretty expensive. Therefore you would have to commute to work on average, a dedicated two, three hours uh, every day. So that this was the norm and you flash forward five years after uh, to today um, we have a pandemic. The game industry is on its next gen cycle with the PS5 and Xbox Series X. There are a lot of things to be thankful for, a lot of things to be excited about. Uh, VR gaming uh, is, f- I think it's on its th- either second or third uh, uh, uphill 
battle of uh, getting getting the masses kind of to buy in. I think the Quest 2 is clearly the leader in this. Uh, it looks exciting. It's removing all the wires. Uh, streaming games is becoming more the norm with pretty much every tech company, major game publisher uh, having their own type of services like Sony with their PlayStation Now, Xbox with its Game Pass, Google Stadia entering its um, entering into the field, uh, and and most recently Amazon Luna, uh, and then Nvidia even has its own kind of uh, streaming service. So there's a lot of things to be excited about, uh, a lot of things to be scared about. So what the soapbox and the intent of the show is to kind of make it less generalized, right? I wanted to kind of talk about my experience because uh, that's all I know uh, for sure. And so when we, when Larry and I started this podcast, um, it was at, at, at that time trying to navigate through this industry and ask professionals who found these outlets uh, within this 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 machine, uh, a, a place where they could thrive, right? And I, I've always felt like there were three ways of finding independence um, and, and happiness within the game industry. You don't have to hit all three, but uh, two out of three is always like seems to be the magic number here, which is choosing where you live, uh, choosing what you work on, and then. Uh, well, I mean, I think money plays a factor, right? So it's some money in financial freedom, right? And so if you get two of those three, if you're super awesome, you get three out of three, you generally have like a pretty good grip on your career path and who you are in the industry. So for me, starting the podcast and uh, bringing on these awesome people on experts in the fields was to kind of navigate my own and chart my own path, trying to hit those all three. I have to say that flat, you know, flash forward to today, I luckily and methodically am able to hit all three and I am infinitely a lot happier. So even with the pandemic, I think people are getting a taste of that lifestyle more. Everybody's working from home. I did not see that coming. <laughs> I always felt and I always said repeatedly that office politics have to do with the office, usually being in the office. And I felt like a good portion of those problems will go away as soon as you find that ability to work from home and to not worry about moving to a city you don't really like, to stay within your hometown, right? So that that's the part of where you live and, and having that creative freedom to work on what you want. And having that financial stability, the third arm of my theory there, uh, to completely be free of worry, right? And and I've, I I kind of mentioned this many times, where there is a portion that, although we're we're kind of luckily falling into that. By default, because of the pandemic, everyone's working from home. Uh, these major companies that were resistant to that are forced into that type of thinking now and have, by this point, uh, 
created an infrastructure to support hundreds of people working from home, right? Uh, that barrier is completely removed. All the resources, all the money already has been spent uh, to invest in this future uh, because the pandemic is far from over, um, maybe in 2021, uh, in the foreseeable future. And a return from that will be either a hybrid, but I don't think a complete reversal. With that being said, what's going on? Well, I mean, we're connected, I'm connected, you're connected. You are probably working at these studios and you're probably seeing the aftermath of this very hip, hippie thought of everybody work from home, which means everyone's happy and projects get done. It's quite the opposite. I think it's actually, um, we're, we're in, in a place where it's, uh, I, I think we're, 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 in the precipice of a major layoff disaster uh, from the stories that I'm gathering from people I'm hearing from uh, major studios that are delaying deadlines and milestones. And a recent story uh, that you guys should check out is uh, Gabe Newell, right? Gabe Newell just recently are thinking of just relocating temporarily all their steam workers as kind of like a paid for vacation in Hobbiton in New Zealand. Uh, not exactly where the Hobbits are, but New Zealand's kind of known as the leader of a major country right now that's handling their shit with the pandemic and have this uh, virus completely on lockdown uh, when, when anything seeps through and everybody's relatively living normal lives over there, just being out and about. And it's a beautiful country, right? So uh, a recent proposal on what they're, and he's going straight to the prime minister or the president, I forget what they refer their their leader over there on uh, making the logistics work. And I think there was a whole press day about this conversation and only press was able to paraphrase, but weren't able to kind of reveal the, the exact details of what was said, only just certain quotes that were um that were prepared for press release. But the idea of the conversation was what would that scenario look like? And a lot of data was shared. And, you know, given that Valve doesn't really have like a great record of um, productivity, right? I mean, they take forever uh, to ship a game. Um, that's not to say that it don't work, but I would just have to somehow parallel that to, you know, if there's nothing publicly shown and you're a private company, right? And you're, you're, you're a place that's supposed to be shipping out games and you're not shipping out games. Uh, you know, the end result is the only thing that matters. Then you're not doing anything, right? But so put that aside, Valve is finding that uh, 70% or above of inefficiency with this pandemic, right? And that kind of falls in line with my suspicion to also what I'm hearing about the industry at large where deadlines are just not being met. And there is, there is as a whole in, in to the game developer in, in general, the population, we do need that in-office interaction to make things work. Uh, the brainstorming session was referenced a lot um, in where Valve was just having complete difficulty. It wasn't about motivation, but in terms of um, productivity, it was just difficult to get things going. 
you know, multiple Zoom meetings just doesn't get the job done as uh, if if you're at the creative front of a project and you need that interaction with everybody to participate. Uh, currently, the pandemic and these virtual solutions are not good enough. And um, the human factor, I think, plays a major role in why things are just being pushed back. People are just not good at self-discipline and productivity. Um, and, and a lot of it is not just that they don't want to get work done. Of course they do. Their livelihood and their job requires them to. I think the balance is what throws people off with especially senior developers that are not single, uh, have wives and kids or husbands to to balance. Uh, and it's hard to carve out a comfortable space uh, as well within their home uh, to dedicate to just work, right? And that's the advantage of being in office. It's like fully concentrated for and designed for work. Uh, uh, though I had my suspicion, I didn't, I didn't think it would be that big of a problem. I think with, with many, we were just hearing a overbearing amount of uh, people celebrating that. Yeah, I get more work done. And I think that those voices are a small percentage of the whole because who, who actually announces that, Hey man, I'm actually not getting a lot of work done and this sucks. And I'm fearful for my job performance currently. Uh, and I don't know what to do, right? No one's going to say that publicly, right? But that's the majority of people right now in the industry. And so I guess what I can do to relate to that is like, well, you know, the soapbox isn't just a survey of what's going on, but my opinion on at least what I'm going through too. So what's funny is like, I'm, I'm hearing every, every, you know, I thank you for a lot of fans uh, reaching out through emails and stuff. I love having conversations outside of the podcast uh, on our discord to kind of catch up with all you guys and, and everything like that. And uh, every few often I, I, I would get an awesome email of, of, of someone finding uh, the podcast and uh, thrilled that there are hundreds of episodes uh, they have to go through and they're starting for episode one, right? So I got to start coming up with the nomenclature for, for these people who are like warrioring through from episode one, which was even for me, it's hard to listen to because of the low tech that's involved creating in the first episode. Uh, they are in for a rude awakening by episode 200 when the breakup happened, right? So uh, that last year was the greatest challenge going from a, a partnership podcast to a solo. And I had to get very comfortable talking to the camera, to you guys uh, for long periods of time just to uh, externalize my thoughts. And I personally still feel that I work better bouncing off uh, from someone else. And I just like the natural uh, evolution of a conversation uh, and um, less about talking to myself, to a camera, right? But that's just the way it is. Um, and I've learned through the hard way, man, like these lessons, even when I, before I went unchained where, you know, uh, I guess a, le a little status update, 
last time I talked to you guys, you know, I run three companies right now. Um, you know, the the Game Dev Unchained, as well as the other shows are under the Blue Champs uh, brand name, right? That encompasses everything, uh, entertainment and media. And then I run an online school, as you guys may know, to teach, you know, uh, students, anybody who wants to learn game design or game development at an affordable price and in most cases even free which reminds me this this month uh this week we're opening up free enrollment for those who are interested and then uh the main the main money maker uh the one that's floating my boat and my family's boat is godemics and it's like a co-development studio so we work with a lot of triple a indie so i'm still uh working with these awesome ips and um projects that i would have continued uh if i were working for these studios independently but as a company now we're we've grown to uh 20 plus people full-time and contractors been running it for three years uh with my partner leo gonzalez we've i've had him on on this podcast a couple times great partner awesome guy learning a lot from him and it's been fun just navigating this thing with him I never intended, even at the Sire podcast, to see myself as a businessman where most of my day is business development and less about art production. Didn't see that shift going. I always thought I would always be producing art. And, you know, in, in a weird way, naturally, right, I would love to kind of take care of both of my day just making art. But that's not the case, you know. Uh I'm just in another stage of my career in life now where I got to worry about all the, the, uh, the structure of, of a business, right. And never went to business school. You know, you guys, longtime listeners know I went to a overpriced art school, uh, didn't even have a business elective. Right. So a lot of this is through self-learning and experience and failing fast, which, happens to be my forte of how I usually learn things. I kind of just do things terribly at first. So uh, even with the podcast kind of theoretically were meant, was meant to, for me to prepare uh, for this lifestyle that I'm going through right now. When I took the leap of faith, uh, it was still a leap of faith. There was uh, my idea of, safety was completely destroyed i think uh within the first month or two because it the reason why the podcast is called game dev unchained it really felt like that i felt like i stepped out of the matrix a bit because i was used to a salary job i was used to earning a paycheck every two weeks for 40 hour weeks i thought uh that was how things get done and then as soon as I stepped out of that bubble and realized, you know, you can make these business deals, you can make these transactions that set you up for the next couple months where you technically have to be behind the desk working uh, as much and uh, still relatively earn a competitive earning or even more in a lot of cases, a lot more uh, by doing less. And that completely flipped the script 
for me, right? Did not, even with all the guests that I've had on in this podcast who've kind of gone through that, hearing that, somewhat studying it, but going through it was very scary. And so it was at a point where I'm one and a half years through that I'm truly unchained. I'm not answering to anybody, uh, but maybe to my partner, I still got to let him know. Got to let him know when I'm taking a, a day off or something, right? Um, but mostly my day is made up of what do I want to do? And there are some uh, weirdness to that because I thought, you know, I've been side hustling ever since the podcast. I've been always doing things on the side. I mean, you know, I was teaching at a physical school outside of my full time job. I was trying things, you know, Games Call Online was born um, a couple of years after the podcast or a year after the podcast. It, it happened around the same time, uh, preparing that. Uh, and then Godemics, uh, there was a lot of things always in motion, but it wasn't until I actually stopped the security of a full-time job where it felt real, where it felt my mindset completely shifted. And, and I always thought that once I dedicate my time to, to, um, completely dedicated to the full-time hustle, right? Actually all this, the, the online school, games go online, the podcast, Godemics, I always felt like, oh, I get to do pretty much everything I want to do, which is still true. But now I'm finding the day going by so quickly. And, uh, and it was, and it, my struggle now is more like, how do I get to do everything that I want to do? in the traditional eight hour, right? I still keep it within eight hours because it, it's just, it's just like kind of force in me, right? That's just how I operate now. I, I, I usually wake up at around seven. Uh, well, I mean, I start work at seven. I wake up like way early that for working out, uh, hence the ghee, right? And then, um, Usually my day ends around five. I try to end it around five. And of course there's breaks in between with lunch break and all that stuff. But that's generally my day. And I was very surprised where I'm like, I thought I can get everything done, but I'm just finding like things just fall by the side. And, you know, Godemics definitely have like a, a team um, to kind of support all the services that we provide. But like, you know, largely blue champs gso is just me uh and you know scholars and contractors and all stuff like that but like largely me just figuring out the business development and, and growing the school and all podcasts all this stuff um this past year you know i finally opened up the gates and i want to shout out to joseph um who's helping big time especially on the blue champ side um, to kind of edit these videos into clips, uh, preparing the blogs uh, that has been completely awesome. And I've always been kind of like a control freak where uh, relinquishing control on a product kind of scary, right? Because I fe always felt like, Hey man, 
takes me longer to explain things than to just do it myself. But I'm at a breaking point where I can't do that anymore. And uh, it's been incredibly helpful to kind of just give creative freedom to 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 others uh, and help out with that. And same same thing on the GSO side. These are things that, man, I wished that uh, were well, more well documented and was better uh, just information out there for people who are trying to get this. I, I guess in a way, the podcast, if anything, is giving you guys insight. And that's why I want to share this in this soapbox right here to share you my story, because it is it is very uh, tough. Uh, uh, specifically for our industry there's a ton of books out there right for starting business and a lot of those general information did help me kind of through this phase but for game for something so unique as our industry like games and you know uh, i think there's there's a lot of indie studios of course but i think still a majority of game developers are working for the man right i think a majority if you take everyone in a room most people who raise their hands are people that work for a publisher for a game company and less are about indie developers who are figuring out on their own i mean there's a good percentage don't get me wrong but i think a majority of senior well-established uh veterans are in the I'm working for a company camp, right? And so while they're busy with that, there are, I think with any developers, there is a good mark of knowledge to, of course, I mean, we have a a huge amount of any developers on the podcast kind of helping us guide through this. It was, uh, it was still very difficult for me to kind of figure this out. And in a lot of cases, figure this out on my own. And the only way I, I kind of learned this was through experience, experiencing it. So for those who are doing things on the side, I think last week's episode with Ray kind of kind of reminded me a bit of the the importance of what the side hustle, right? I'm, I never forgot. I mean, my side hustle is my full time job now, but um because i was kind of knee deep in that in the last year and a half i kind of forgot that in a weird way a lot of listeners out there are still at these jobs right so um i kind of re- want to rewind back that 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 step that um that i took 5 years ago and the funny thing is i keep referencing 5 years it's probably a little more than that but ever since the beginning of the podcast the thing that is so scary about all this that's ringing true and, and, and rang true for me, right? I don't know if that's grammatically correct. I'm always bad with grammar. Um, was that whatever side thing that you do outside your full-time gig, if there's, there's consistency and constant um constant analysis and upgrading what a, what that is making it a better product to to sculpt that into a better project takes about 5 years for some self sustainability or some type of st- 
stability uh, to to move on to the next level. Right. That's about five years for the podcast where I took that leap of faith and I am so happy with that. And um, in a weird way, I'm not like uh, at the beginning, I don't feel it anymore. But at the beginning, I was kind of like um, sour, (laughs) a little sour, but happy, right? Sour, but happy. But this is the human nature of jealousy right here where, you know, I was doing my thing for a good, let's see, nine months before like February, March of this year, where the pandemic hit, where I was already working from home. I figured this stuff out, the challenges with that, which I'll, I'll go back in a bit. And then everybody suddenly is working from home. I was like, these guys, <laughs> you guys took all these, I worked so hard to get to this place. Everyone just took a shortcut and had like a, uh, virus kind of go through the world and now everyone's working from home and you know there was a good part of that where you know people kept their salary job super comfortable super stable at least for now um just just a little glimpse at the beginning there where where honestly i felt like i should have just stuck it through and enjoy this free money right but uh obviously you know I'm, i'm happy that people are getting a taste because i think that's what woke me into creating Game Dev Unchained is because I've had a taste of what my ideal day looks like. And a lot of it didn't have anything to do with going to work. (laughs) So that was a problem. The moment I realized that I sat down and started making a game plan of how do I unchain myself from work, right? And, uh, that's why the teaching thing. Teaching thing is a very natural step for developers in the industry to be outside of the cubicle and uh, in a way kind of give back to our industry, right? There's constantly a lot of students who want to get in. So it's it's very viable. It's a very viable option, obviously. We're going to create a whole school for it. So that was the journey I took to kind of learn about side hustling. And uh, what Ray said last week was very, it, um, it was a, it was a great advice, right? Which is if you're going to crunch, right? The last, last week's episode was all about, you know, CD red project crunching and uh, when they promised they wouldn't. And it's the same story every few months. If you're a game developer, you're going to have to crunch. There's no way around it. But that investment in yourself, that decision to invest in yourself, if you're going to crunch, don't crunch for that empty promise of a bonus, right? It's rarely worth it. Um, Like he said, there's five to six games, I completely agree, a year that makes that amount of money that actually gets to be forwarded to developers of that game, right? Very few. And even then, it's it's not that crazy. Um, it's nice, but it's not that crazy. Knowing what I know now, it's, it's nothing compared to what you can do on your own, right? And, um, and that brings me to the, the, the final point of this. It's like, whatever you do, man, spend that extra hour at home working on your portfolio, building a, a brand, building an audience, building a product um, that's going to propel you and uh, create this nest egg that you can fall back on 
when something doesn't work out at work. At work, you'll always be having no control, right? Um, you're working for someone, they make all the decisions behind closed doors. And if they're nice, you might get some breadcrumbs of that success. But that, 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 um, the idea of no control is what always bothered me um, because no matter what, you know, you can imagine me at a workplace when things, you know, my last few jobs were kind of like that, where things didn't go the way I felt that uh, could have gone better. Right. You know, office politics involves, you know, office complaining. And I was in that state where, oh, wow, man, I am back at it again. And it's the reason why I avoided AAA studios right after, you know, shipping Call of Duty. It's just like, I know how that system works. And I just needed to take a break from that and figure out what other corners of the industry, like indie development, like mobile development, double uh, A development, um, have these companies figured out something that these AAA companies are uh, repeatedly making mistakes uh, about, right? So, and in, in all honesty, you know, these companies did have, uh, gave me glimpses of what could be done better, right? Mobile industry was surprisingly very fun. It was... Um, I was in San Francisco. It was my last job that I worked for somebody, right? About a year and a half ago. And even going up there, I had a game plan to exit to do what I'm doing now, uh, which took six months longer because I gave myself a year. It actually took a month, a year and six to eight, six to seven months um, for, for me to grab my courage to quit, right? But what I saw with the Movis strand, I'm glad I kind of ended it with that, was like the efficiency of uh, think of it as a business. And I think a lot of these game companies don't think of it as a business. They think of it as a creative endeavor first. And they do the best to kind of like survey the uh, audience of you know, what they're getting into, but in large part, you know, they're, they're not thinking as business people, uh, with daily revenue streams and, and, uh, the ability to sustain themselves when things don't go exactly how they tended to there. It's still like gambling. And so this mobile industry, this company I worked for, I, I was able to kind of see how they operate and every day was about numbers, about, you know, uh, customer behavior, about pivoting, about evolving, about sustainability, uh, sustainability and marketability and uh, projections and missing those projections, what options they have in place already to pivot, uh, to constantly evolve the formula, right? That was a mind-blowing way of looking at games. I was so used to companies by that point of Spraying and paying, like just put a, we have a game idea. We think it's going to be a hit. Uh, only have like a slight uh, half-ass data plan of why we think it would be a hit. Give us some money and we'll prove it out, right? In green light meetings. And every green light meeting, every three, four months milestone is constantly trying to prove 
not just to ourselves, but to the publishers uh, that is providing us incremental payment of why this game should keep being financed and are we on time, right? That is a bizarre way. And the more money that you're dealing with, the more risk that, you know, these milestones aren't aren't going to work out, right? So it's... it's um, it's scary, man. It's it's a bizarre way of doing things. It's um, it doesn't work. In most cases, it doesn't work, and that's what I was used to. So to kind of see that switch up of a mobile industry that I've been hearing so much about works crazy. And all that little knowledge wasn't for me to carry forward to the next company. It was more to like, all right, how do I bring this back to what I'm doing now? And so what people are experiencing now because of the pandemic and having just missing de- deadlines and milestones, these all these companies that are delaying the inevitable, which is massive layoffs. I think it's going to be a cascading effect. It might happen in November uh, where basically they can only stretch out so far. Everyone's just holding on as long as they can until some, some a company breaks where they're going to be the first one to announce there's going to be a mass layoff uh, because you got to think about it, man. These companies are being financed on these incremental milestones, and these milestones are constantly being pushed back, which also means the uh, the the budget for the game originally is being ballooned up every month or every, even every day. Um, hundreds of developers, right? That is becoming a huge issue, um, if not already. And at some point, they're going to have to cut their losses, and games are going to have to be canceled uh postponed uh where they can't keep paying developers to sit around and miss deadlines so i am suspecting november maybe even the first quarter of 2021 uh, we're gonna hear some crazy unemployment happening and the way that these companies are kind of stretching out as far as they can as they're hiring more people to kind of offload the missed deadlines to the, the extra things that they have to do because of missing deadlines. And well, again, that's another way of ballooning the project. So I am very scared for my colleagues, my brothers and sisters out there for you guys um, that are in this. I hope I'm wrong. But I really do feel like every day that passes is um, is a disaster for the game industry. Even Valve, who has infinite money, uh, they're not complaining about money, but they can see that productivity is has gone down so much that they're willing to consider to basically relocating their team, hundreds of people, uh, to live in New Zealand for six months to kind of sit the pandemic out and get things just done, right? Um, that is a crazy proposition. But that's the 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 measures that are being taken right around this time frame, right? That's Valve thinking two, three months ahead and having to act fast. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's just going to be a, a dead year, another dead year for 2021, right? So companies like Valve are making plans of how to combat this. Other people don't who don't have the ability to kind of relocate everybody uh, are faced with the more realistic realistic proposition of just laying people off, right? So why am I telling you all this? Why, why, why is, why is all this? Why is I'm, why am I making this 
you know, the part of the conversation of the soapbox, right? I just want to remind people, man, this is, if you're listening, if you're watching this game dev unchained, it's just not, it's not just a catchy name, right? It's not just a cool way to hang out and, and kind of learn about the industry. It's constantly trying to remind you guys. It's like, unless you work for yourself, in this industry, you're really never going to be free to make decisions. Um, even with um, with now, people are uh, grateful enough to hit one of those three three marks that I kind of mentioned at the beginning, where you can work on where on uh, creative freedom, right? Whatever project you want to work on, where you want to live, live wherever you want on, and the third one, you know, financial stability. Um, even though right now the pandemic is forcing everybody to kind of work from where they want to work from where they want, which is at your home. Um, it, it is only short term, right? So, so executives at these companies who are not seeing productivity, seeing missed deadlines and just generally, you know, miss everybody in the office um, as soon as it's over, I don't think they're going to be full throttle everybody back in the office. I think it'd be a hybrid approach. It's going to be uh, a slow roll into the office. It's not like day one, everyone's going to be back in. You got to think about it. Not This is the misconception with the vaccine that people don't really think through is that for some reason they think day one's vaccine, everyone can go back to work, right? It's a long journey right after that. So we're not even at that step yet, but it's a good like six months after that step where maybe like half the office can be back. Um, we have vaccinations now for the flu and not everybody's obligated to take that. So, and not only that, the supply of these things are not going to be openly available to everybody. It's going to be for first responders, for people on the front lines. Um, and then, you know, a slow roll to the public. And even with that, the vaccine is not going to be 100% proof of uh, making this work, right? So, dude, you guys are, we're in this for another two years. So, what I'm saying is that this is a perfect time <laughs> to not have a, to, uh, have a manager over your shoulder checking your, your everyday progress. You're not going to be judged by your colleague if you uh, finish your work early and work on something else. This is the perfect time to initiate that uh, self, self-help plan right here to uh, whatever that is, the endeavor with teaching, with, with your own business, with your game. I highly encourage everybody like I did to start doing that. I wish I had, <laughs> I wish I had the pandemic uh, when I started doing high side hustle, you know, imagine how much done, how much stuff I, I would have gotten done, but you guys have the opportunity. Uh, it's never too late to, to start um, doing that. And you just got to map it out. You know, if we're going to be in this pandemic for another I say another year and a half, two years max, maybe, you know, you're two out of five years to finding success. It takes about five years. What a weird mathematical truth, but it, it you know, I'm, I've heard many guests on the show saying the same thing and I've experienced, yeah, for some reason, five years seems to be the time when you figure shit out to for self sustainability and just having that, that comfort of risk factor to actually go out and do something about it. 
So, you know, the, the initial issues that people are going through, I went through that phase where working from home was completely difficult, uh, carving out a space, uh, to dedicate to work, making sure your home workstation is legit. So, uh, so you're comfortable to doing and accomplishing things. But aside from that, setting up some ground rules between your spouse and your children of when you need to work and why you need to focus. That honestly, even to this day, there is still some semblance where I'm not completely 100% on top of it. Much better than before where, you know, clear guidelines are set. But, you know, that guideline, that line of work and being a father and, and husband uh, gets blurred because you're you're at home and you're available and the kids are constantly wanting to play with you, uh, which is always a good thing, right? Uh, even though it's annoying, but, you know, I mean, that's what life is about, right? Uh, that took That took a good solid six months of fighting arguing and and uh finding some compromise uh some rhythm uh with the spouse uh with my wife in particular um in uh setting those rules up with the kids and children of when playtime is happening right good six months after doing this full time and when I say semblance, it still happens to this day where I'm still going to have to remind my family where the line is. And, you know, I need time to work because we're in the pandemic. I need to feed you guys. Right. So let me work. Uh, that is happening right now uh, for everybody. And it's even harder with kids um, doing homeschooling. Right? You can't even drop them. See, at least I had the luxury that I could have. I was able to drop the, my one of my kids at least. At school for hours on end, and we were <laughs> we were close to putting our young one. I have a three year old into daycare right before the pandemic, like the March March of this year. We were looking at a school, and we were finally deciding on one, and about to pay the monthly fee. That's how close we were as soon as the pandemic hit, and so that got pushed back. So my three year old is going to be intellectually behind even with all the homeschooling he's just you know he's missing out preschool uh yeah so this the the no school thing is tough and i i understand and like within the uh within my neighborhood right now i i get it I, you're, you're, <laughs> for the ones that can't do 100 percent uh, at least in my area, there's a hybrid approach where half the time they can be at a physical school with safety measures and then the other half online schooling or they can do full online schooling. Right. So my kid is doing full online schooling. Um, and even with that hybrid approach, it's like I still feel like you're throwing your kid into the fire and hoping he doesn't get burnt. Right. There's a pandemic going on and kids are the dirtiest groups ever to spread diseases so but a lot of parents are left with no choice i mean it's either that or daycare they have to work and a lot of thankfully we're leaving living in an industry so far that it's not forcing us to go back to work but a lot of people have to go back to a physical space to work they're not a digital company can't get that shit done right so a large percentage of our problem game developers is the full homeschooling stuff. And 
I get that. I, even now I had, that was a hiccup, right? I'm used to, I was, by the time the pandemic hit, I was eight months in of figuring the shit out and had a rhythm going. I was good, right? But then that happened where it kind of, kind of put a halt into everything, into the fam operation here at the Blue Champs camp um, where, where we had to adjust and make things work. Uh, and that's looking like, the case for the next year and a half. That's a crazy thing to think about, right? We, at least when I was growing up, I didn't have that weird two, three year gap where everything was not normal. <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing this generation grow up with this experience of how it affected them. Um, the overexposure of screen time, the over-reliance on technology, the social aspect, the social as, ab, absence of friends uh, for their two-year gap there. Wow, man, that's a lot for kids and parents. Um, each separate problems that we're going to have to somehow uh, get together and figure out. But yeah, man, developers overall... The people that I'm seeing succeeding through this is that they are having something else on the side and taking advantage of this time. The people who are fully all in to their um, game job, I am very fearful for. Uh, And in a lot of cases, you have no control over that because you're behind at work. And if you're behind on these milestones, you don't really have that much time to work on side stuff. You're just trying to catch up. It's a tricky problem, man. Uh, But I would say that like betting on someone else's project is always, it's always the wrong route, I feel, uh, because you have no control over that. Even if you hit your milestones, and uh catch up right you're always going to be left out of that decision room uh where leads or management or the man with the money is saying like hey we're team the team as a whole is still behind we can't keep going on like this the project has to be postponed or canceled uh and people have to be on leave um temporarily right with no paycheck like I, I think the person who is able to stay on top of things uh, admirably, like close, close enough where they're not in trouble, but still use that extra time to work on their project or figure out their secondary income is going to be always, I feel, a leg up on their colleagues. Right? I feel no matter what worst case scenario, that person who is unchaining themselves will always be put in a position where they have more options. And I think overall, in my personal experience, that has that have worked well. I mean, I worked on big companies, right? And uh, last week, I kind of hinted at, you know, there was these life-changing bonuses. And of course, I I know for a fact my colleagues, because I would not crunch, because I just get my shit done on time and leave early, right? Uh, I was swiped, cheated out of a bigger bonus. But 
in the end, because I spent all that extra time at home doing all the side stuff, I feel compared to colleagues that are still working in those places and no hate on that, you know, because some people would just enjoy work and like doing things outside of work and that's their life and that's fine. But I still feel personally, if I were to compare myself, dedicating all that time on my full-time job instead of myself, I feel comparing to myself that I'm in a much better place. I'm at home, man. I'm at home. I make my own decision. I learned a shitload of business stuff this past year, past two years that I had no idea, had never had any interest, had never even popped a book uh, open uh, about it and just kind of learn it through uh, experimenting and failing. Uh, If there ever is a day that I have to crawl back into the workplace and work for someone else, which I highly doubt for two reasons. My ego won't allow me to. And uh, practically, I have so many survival skills that I've learned, especially through the pandemic. I've always said this at the beginning of this. It's like, man, if I can manage myself and my family and my companies through this pandemic, I am never going back to work because I I figured out something that is a lifelong skill that I would always be savvy um, because of the skills that I've attained to figure it out without having to uh, go back and work behind a desk anymore. And I'm glad to say I'm on the other side of that. I mean, like the pandemic's still going on, but in terms of months ahead, I am good to go. Um yeah. So, David, you're, you're mentioning the adage of never put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, completely correct. And this is this is actually very pertaining to game development, right? What we're finding here um, in my business is that um, the generalist specialist is a lot more valuable. Um, the, the, the times of working in an office at a AAA company have changed where where it used to be cool where you're really good at texturing and that's all you know that's all you do all day every day you're the texture guy it used to be like that but now to be even more competitive uh, and to kind of justify the salary that they're paying for and to uh, uh, future proof yourself from layoffs you're gonna have to pick up some side skill within the company uh to be more resourceful so multiple eggs in many basket so a generalist specialist is pretty much if that texture guy was really good at texturing but you know understand environment and world building and all the other stuff that pertains to texturing that person is a leg better uh a leg taller than any colleagues that he's sitting next to right And that is the essential now for being a game developer and essential for uh, being a business person, right? When I say business person, it's not just, you know, what I'm doing, but also for indie developers, right? So, you know, I I still have that itching, itching, and I'm working on something, right? I'm telling you guys like, hey, take advantage of this time. Even though I've always been working from home for the last year and a half, uh, with even with the pandemic, uh, and even me, like, like kind of like my, my bucket is full of tasks that I want to get to. 
you know, I'm a game developer at heart and I want to make a game to call my own. And I have plans. I, I know what I want to make. I know what's going to be cool. Haven't, haven't had the time, but I'm using this opportunity, this pandemic opportunity. It's weird to call it the pandemic an opportunity, but that's what it is. This extra time to make something by the end of the year, right? Uh, to at least a prototype uh, by myself. Um, to kind of scratch that itch right there's so much so many things you can do uh, during this time sorry about that and you're gonna have to take advantage of that uh so david yeah so david's asking did i have former schooling for game dev yeah man i um i went to the art institute of California in Orange County that doesn't exist more. Uh, Our institute used to have like 50 campuses in its heyday. Um, I, I call it the game development gold rush where there suddenly was all these schools having a, you know, offering degrees for game development. So I got sucked into that. Um, typical school, it was privatized for profit. So it was, uh, thankfully I had, uh, scholarship and stuff to kind of help me with the the payment and everything but it was it still ended up being like 60k for three years i think a lot of my colleagues and students nowadays are 100k plus just to get a degree and was not worth it um overall although you know my experience for for meeting lifelong friends and you know, learning things uh, with a guide and forming relationships and friendships um, could have done that on my own. That's why it's one of the biggest reasons why I created Game School Online to kind of help students avoid all that. And successfully, um, we're in the four or five year mark where students are finding jobs without having to pay or do any of that. So the, the very proud of that as a side passion for, for everything I'm doing besides the podcast but I'm also kind of helping them and very much. So the game dev on chain podcast is a mixture of students and, and professionals. I would say a larger proportion are professionals who are listening to this. Um, and that's why a lot of my conversation is tailored towards, you know, if I were to talk to myself um, at, a, at a job, at a, at a desk. So even though you guys are technically unchained right now because of the pandemic, I want to remind you guys and I guess share my personal stories. I mean, it was so worth it to have started five years ago on a little pet project and, um, and see it grow. And, uh, and it wasn't about, you know, getting all the numbers. It wasn't about downloads. It wasn't about viewership. It was about how can I keep something going improve on it from feedback and uh constantly work on uh making the product better that 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 loop helped prepared me for all these other business adventures and uh showed me the importance of how how time can slip past you right it's like a snap man we were just it's near the end of the year, right? It's the end of the year, 2020. 
And because of the pandemic, it just completely ate up a whole year. And when I think about when I quit my full-time job to go fully in my business ventures, that was over, that was over two years ago or almost a year and a half. Was it a year and a half? Jesus. Yeah. It's like almost two years now. (laughs) That's crazy, man. And we're not getting any younger. The industry is getting tougher. You guys and gals owe it to yourself to unchain yourself. And my journey is, in my opinion, still starting. There's so many things that I want to do to give back to this industry, to make my own game, uh, to do all these things within the industry that is worth my time. And uh, the ability hopefully this pandemic has taught you the taste of freedom where you can make your own hours basically you know outside of those scheduled zoom meetings your time is your own and it's all about the work just getting done and there's nobody no producer breathing down your neck every second if they are doing that through production boards or jira tasks or whatever i apologize but in most cases it sounds like you're getting a taste of what it's like working for yourself and kind of charting your own destiny. I want you guys to, uh, I just highly advise you guys to really hold on to that, take advantage of it and build off of it because that taste is what got me started with the podcast and everything that I'm doing to get me to this place. Right. Um, don't, don't, don't swat that away. Don't just dedicate your whole day to, to work and then just play games at night. You got to take advantage of this. This is the perfect time to kind of figure shit out because I, I really do feel the game industry this year in particular has been weird that, um, that when in the midst of all these layoffs from all these other jobs in the industry, unemployment rate is super high. The game industry as a whole, who is known for laying off, hasn't laid off anybody. That is crazy. Um, That is just leading up to something bad. Uh, It's not like we suddenly figure things out. uh, And then with all these news of companies delaying their games and milestones internally, like I'm I'm very fearful uh, for for all everybody uh, that that hopefully they don't do that before the holidays but you know as as history shows that's the, that's the best time for these game companies to lay people off and that's going to be crazy scary um and i hope you guys have a game plan when that happens or be okay enough with temporarily taking december off so um yeah, that's why I'm, I'm, I, I felt like it was a perfect time to kind of dedicate this week's episode to me being in the soapbox. Talk to you guys about, uh, you know, s- status updates of what I've been doing, what I've been up to, and uh, my plan for the rest of the year. So G-Ducks Redux is coming back with a different form. I'm still planning it for November, but it's kind of like a revamp of the website, you know. I'm not one to repeat uh, what's being done, right? I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> so last year we were one of the first virtual conference. And now because every year or the whole year is like 
completely got dumped on by virtual conferences. Uh, I just want to remind people that GDEX has a bunch of resources already. So there's a lot of exciting things on that side that I'm doing. Um, so in tradition, though, uh, starting from last year, for the first time in my 13 plus years of uh, in a career, I took December off, just completely unplugged, just play games the whole time and just didn't think about work. Never had that before. Uh, even with plenty of vacation time, it was like two weeks max, but not the whole month, right? Going to do the same this month. Um, probably the week of Thanksgiving is when I'm going to start just taking everything off. But don't worry, still going to have weekly episodes. We, st- you know, I like... There's about like 20 GDUX episodes that haven't been played for you guys that are incredible um, that I can't wait to share with you guys. So that that time of absence until 2021 in January is when I'm going to be coming back. But uh, yeah, up till up to then, there's going to be awesome guests coming on. Super excited and uh, to share with you guys. But uh, yeah, it's cool to kind of see people discovering the, the the podcast in recent months uh this year and starting from episode one so uh it's nice and i've always been a fan of time capsules um just never had the discipline to do daily journals or to bury a note to myself in in some ground around my house but the podcast i've always in addition to getting great professionals with real advice uh, to help you with your career and your life problems, uh, it is a way for me to kind of reflect back uh, where I was, my opinions, my ideas uh, for this week or that last week or the week after, um, always permanently on online, right? For me to kind of rediscover what I was thinking. <laughs> so it's always interesting to hear listeners from way back, kind of, uh, especially the roundtable episodes, kind of like um, confirming a, a lot about my silly prophecies. I I, I, I gab on, but uh, with with precision though. Uh, so I hope everybody, in general, will hang on for the rest of 2020. I, I hope that your company is not, uh, is secure enough to kind of carry everyone forward uh, past this pandemic. But regardless of that hope, my last words are, you know, unchain yourself, right? Work on that side project you've been putting off. Do that thing that you've always wanted to do. Even start your day doing what you want to do and then getting to the full-time work and getting that done. Right. Uh, wherever, whatever rhythm, whatever scheduling you got to figure out, figure it out and, and stick to it because this is the perfect time to do it. And this is the scariest time not to do it. And even though everyone's safely at home, it's a ticking clock. Something's bad. It's leading to something bad. So, if this year, short of uh, Donald Trump not dying from COVID, have been pretty, this is this has been a pretty lit movie. If you're into drama and disaster movies, uh, 
and we're not even in November yet. So it's it's going to be a crazy last two months. And I want you guys to be fully secured going into those last two months, uh, having some some fun project that you're working on that is one day going to be valuable and self-sustainable, right? So that's it. I want to thank you guys for your time. Thank you for live viewers for asking questions. Uh, usually I film these on Tuesdays, uh, 11 a.m. This is a little later, uh, but you can catch live games recap episodes. I'm starting that back up starting tomorrow at uh, at 10. <laughs> Don't walk out of the theater yet. I'm still in my apartment, man. I'm not. I'm not in... In some place, I'm just in, I'll be in my apartment hanging around. But um, yeah, Games Recap is coming back. So many news uh, that have to be covered before our roundtable news episode every month. Uh, so Games Recap is coming back to kind of give like quick 10 minute glimpse of my thoughts of what's going on. Um, the Valve thing was pretty surprising. You guys should definitely check that out. Maybe I'll dedicate the first one about that. But yeah, the best way to prepare yourself is to kind of pay attention to what's going on, obviously, and not just about politics. Um, who cares about that? You're a game developer. So worry about like game development stuff, uh, something that you have control over. Uh, <laughs> and just read the news. We'll see what company is doing great, what companies are, are hiring and, and constantly be out there, be competitive. Yeah, the, the, the worst thing you can do as a game developer is being complacent. It's not the industry to do that. So I hope you guys are finding this hour helpful. And I look forward to hearing all you guys' great success stories. All right. As always, see you guys on the Discord. Uh, today, uh, to great success, the last month, we've been doing a lot of uh, Game Night Thursdays. So on the Discord channel, you can find more info about that. And to find the Discord channel, you can go in the link description or go to gamedevunchain.com and you'll find the Discord channel through that way to talk to other listeners, find out um, and, and chat with me, to be honest. But Game Night Thursdays to to kind of like throw it out there. I don't think I publicly kind of talked about it in an episode. You know, I just game with you guys on Thursdays. Last week we played Rocket League. Uh Weeks before that, we were playing Warzone. And we tried to pick games that are free so everybody can buy and download it. Or, I mean, download it for free, right? And it's been fun, man. It's been great to kind of game with you guys. Shout out to all the the Rocket Leaguers that I've been playing with. Uh, I've been sucking, man. I've been trying to get back into this. Uh, just gaming in general. Just trying to be social about it. I mean, because uh, it's been boring, dude. <laughs> <laughs> any, any chance that I can talk to anyone that isn't uh, my wife and or a 10 year old kid, I, I welcome it. And I'm at that place. So uh, thank you guys for, for talking, uh, jumping into my apartment, my messy apartment. I, I got to clean that up in some moment. But uh, thanks, guys. Have a good one.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail future, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody